We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. So we are here for another week of Lisa V Save Souls. (laughs) (laughs) If y'all were a part of the last, what, three, three and a half hour conversation that we just had, this was like Super Soul Sunday on (laughs) 3000. You making me sound Iyama, like I am right. Fix my life, but you actually fix the life. Um, <laughs> like I walk away with some real. <laughs> you ain't yell at me. Um, I just feel like you know. I wish y'all was a part of this. This this. I really wish y'all was a part of. It. Thank you, Lisa, for <laughs> fixing my life. <laughs> nah, we <laughs> y'all we I'm trying to get my life together. Look, we we both trying. This we, I I'm I'm like next to speechless, yo. I just sometimes I wish y'all could be a part of these conversations before we actually start recording the show, but I'm glad that you're not because yeah. It's too it's, it's, too, it's too much. It's way too <laughs> You don't. You, you don't shouldn't know. Y'all know enough fitness. Like you don't know that you shouldn't know this much stuff about anybody. Kim Kardashian. You don't know this much about her, and like you know everything about her. So you, yeah, no. <laughs> but y'all, we are here. Uh, episode. Whoa, I don't what even know which eighty four. It's, it's something. Yeah, I don't know. I lost we, count. You're right. We are in the, the next the the new episode, the latest episode, this week's version. Um. Of brunch culture, welcome guys. We are brunch culture. You yeah. know how I used to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Why we are here, brunch culture. Yes, and we got a <laughs> scroll to get into. And as we speak and as we record, um, let me start off by saying we are. This week's episode is coming late, and that's because of me. There was some sort of demon in my life that has <laughs> flared my nostrils up. And I think it's because I decided not to go to church. And so this happened. And then, you know, the demon wrecked and wrecked shop and I've been suffering. And then I talked to my good friend, Lisa V, and she has snatched the demon out. After this conversation, my tear ducts are clear. My my nostrils are clear. <laughs> no, I, I, I clearly it was, now. Wait, it was. <laughs> it's, it's rough. <laughs> But it was not. Uh, it was not only you being sick, but I had like a mini meltdown on that day. I will share because I don't want people to think my life is just peaches and cream. But that you were sick, I was having a meltdown. It was so much happening on the time we were supposed to record, and I was like, I text Randall. I was like, Hey, can we record another time? Because I right. can't do it today. Right, and and you was like, Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> right, I was like, This came right on time because it was funny. Literally, when you text me, I was just going to. I just came from the bathroom from like sneezing out all of my insides, and I went to go grab my phone to text you. Hey, can 
can we do? And when I saw your message, I was like, see, God, this is this is what I'm talking about. I don't I, I feel bad that she's going through. But this is like exactly I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I probably I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to sound. I don't necessarily have a voice to talk to carry on a conversation i'll just yeah it it have been really bad really really yeah. bad so but, but for prayer and yeah. people helping you through my through life like i don't even know what day that was i don't even know what day i was just i just text a whole bunch of people i was just like pray for me yeah but I was like, they was like, let's talk. I was just like, I don't have the bandwidth to do it today. Right. Let's talk tomorrow. <laughs> Look here. <laughs> we got us a good old ram in the bush. Be way better. It always gets worse real bad. And then it just something amazing happens. So right. that's just life. Boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this scroll this week on the scroll as we speak we have the republican debate that's going on um donald trump won nevada he is a real i don't even want to say a real front runner he is like the republican guy he yeah is, yeah he's blonde, made his hair a little bit more blind in celebration i was just looking <laughs> at it the other day i was like did he bleach it some more? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a, it's it's out there. I haven't seen him. I, tr- I really try not to pay attention to him. And it's so it's so weird because people always ask me whenever I start talking to people about well, except like my actual friends, but people that I'm not friends with. The first person when you start talking about the election cycle or you know what do we think about people for for running for president? The first question people always ask me is how do I feel about Donald Trump? And I'm like. Do you guys realize he's not the only person in the race? Like, it's not just Donald Trump. I feel like I, I, I think the other week I was kind of going in about news outlets doing it, always talking about Donald Trump. But I just started realizing here this week that people are doing it. Like when you start talking about the presidential race, or at least when I start talking about it, people are always asking me about Donald Trump. And I'm like, why are we just talking about Donald Trump? Right. Like. I need you to have an opinion on somebody else other than Donald Trump. I need you to know something about somebody else other than Donald Trump. He's not the only person that's there. Let's talk about this. Like, come on, yo. You got to give me more than just Donald Trump. He's sucking up all the air on just everywhere. Yeah, it's really rough. The Mexican, former Mexican president said today, we are not building no effing wall. (laughs) When I tell you that thing, it made me laugh. Because he said it on the news. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he said, we're not paying for no wall. No, that's what he said. We're not paying for no effing wall. I said, wow. He said, uh-uh. But he the former Mexico president. The current Mexico president. I don't think he planned on paying for no wall either. I don't know what is. I don't think this thing is. about this wall right. and him paying for it. I don't know. But no, Nobody plans on paying for this wall but Donald Trump and the ignorant people that follow him. Those are the only people that's looking to pay for a wall. Like, <laughs> bruh, come on. Like, yes, it's we, just a circus. I, it it I just, really is. It, it really is. I think that's the most embarrassing thing for me. And I'm always just kind of like, I don't understand. Like. It really seems like, you know, in the beginning, I kept saying this is a joke. You know, you know, how people just kind of pop in to the presidential race. But the fact that he is 
an actual alive and well right he's alive and well front runner like he's on it and even when i thought that like after that very first caucus i was like oh yep so here's the decline of donald trump now people actually have to you know put their vote where their mouth is and make a real decision you're you're no longer going to see donald trump anymore and here he is just still doing it like trolling the world the most unfortunate thing is he is speaking to a group of people that believe these things that he can say all of these crazy out of the way remarks about any type of group of people uh and you know people people think it's it's okay i haven't heard him say anything about like the lgbtq community today though i feel like when that happens it may be the demise of of donald trump Um, i just feel like he's he's friendly towards that like he's not like i was about to say he's lgbtq friendly um, I just feel like I just never saw him making an issue out of that. Yeah. Just him in general before he was in politics. Right. I've never seen that be a thing for him, you and, know, and I, and I think he's able to navigate because it's because of the Supreme Court ruling. I don't even think that's a factor now really in the election. Right. So he doesn't really have to deal with that now. Four years ago. You know, eight years ago, this would have been a different conversation. Right. But I think the focus on this election is the economy and being anti the establishment. And I think that gives him another lane because he's a businessman, because the establishment hates him. That kind of pushes him forward. So this isn't like a moral conversation. I mean, even though he says like the whole pro-life and pro-choice, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm pro I'm pro-life, but at the end of the day, I don't expect Roe versus Wade to be overturned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't expect anything to change on that front. Right. So it's kind of like I have my position, but I know what the real is. So I don't even think those are things that are at the focus of this campaign. And I was surprised that, like I said, that, you know, he hadn't said anything to the community because I was surprised, but only because I feel like what... I gather what he's doing is he's riling up a group of he's riling up the people that are kind of, you know, saying the things that he knows that there's a segment of the country or there's a a number of people in the country that believe these things. So he's kind of saying those things to do it. And I was just really waiting. I, I, I was waiting for it to come, especially when he started doing the things with like, you know, Liberty Universal Universal University and talking about um the evangelicals i was waiting for that to come i was like here it comes here it comes here it comes and it never happened and i was like you know either he just doesn't he sees it as a waste of time or he feels like he wouldn't get the type of response or the type of overall support or you know the media coverage if he were to you know make a comment against that because i was like you know that's what he's he's speaking to the conservative community so i feel like he he's going to do and say whatever he's going to say that's going to get just another extremely conservative person to to be on the bandwagon i feel like if he he made that he made a statement like that then he'll get just somebody else to be like you know what i'm for but i guess the truth of the matter is it's just like you said that's something that's not going to be changed so it would even it wouldn't do him any good to talk about something that the supreme court has already had a final ruling on in any way so it's kind of like all right well you might as well you know waste people's time on something else because it's not going to be it but yeah oh donald trump so the other thing we got going on this week uh hillary clinton and the black lives matter supporters you see the video yeah 
Um, yes, it was. I wasn't. I mean, I really wasn't shocked. I, I I say this all the time. I people can you can support or or fall on whatever side you want to fall on. I think it's fine. I think it's okay. And I actually support people. You know, being critical of Hillary Clinton. Although I support Hillary Clinton, I. I think it's important. It's okay for you to be critical of her of it, or any politician in general. It's the same thing, you know, if, if a person has critiques of President Obama. I'm not one. I'm not a person. I can say that I support a person administration. I can say that, you know, I believe in a person's heart and what they're trying to do um, or just believe in a person's ability. And I it's okay for you to critique them. The one thing that just kind of baffles me is I just want people to have this same critique across the board. I feel like it seems like sometimes that people single Hillary Clinton out and they keep talking about this crime bill. Just keep talking about, you know, the comments that she made. And the one thing that I always say is she was the first lady of the United States. Like that was a high position, but this is an auxiliary position. This is not something that she was voted into office for. This is not something that she, you know, ran on her husband, ran on it. The, the, the administration, made this decision but this isn't something that she did as a standalone person and if you know anything about the way that the office works the office of the president and and, and the first lady's position in relation to the office of the president she's there to support the overall mission of what this administration is doing and that's her role that's in essence given to her she didn't sign up for that um this has been that way so she can't really, even if she disagreed with these things, which I'm not saying that she didn't, because there are a lot of people during that time that supported this this uh, tough on crime bill. Uh, you had said all the time there were a number of black leaders that did it. There were people in the black community, like just average citizens, not just known leaders. There were all kinds of politicians. Everybody was getting riled and fired up behind this bill because we felt like it could be we th there needed to be a change. Now, I say we. But at that time, we were what, like nine, eight Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I don't even, even remember. Yeah, I, I wasn't even, even watching this. Right. I had no idea what was going on then. So that's why a lot of it, like when I had to go back and research and hear and I'm figuring things out and I'm like, oh, OK, well, you know what? That's a that's that's a great thing. I didn't realize that. Didn't know too much about it. Let's find out. And let's research it. And then you start to see the number of people that support it. And it's like, well, guys, we can't make it seem like this was her fault or this is something she was doing. Even in terms of the comments about super predators, which they, I saw the speech where she, you know, she describes people as being super predators. And it becomes evident that, you know, she's probably talking about the thugs that have baggy pants, the little black kids with the braids and the plaits. And she's more than likely talking about those things. Right. About those people. But the reality is she wasn't the only one. And I say this all the time when we're we're, we're considering policy or we're considering uh, things that should have like certain actions, political actions, we have to think about how this could potentially hurt our community. So often, you know, we, we want to run and we want to push and we want to support things because it sounds great to the general public. But as we say all the time, if it's raining in the white community, it's pouring in the black community. If, if mm -hmm. America is struggling, the black America is hurt and down completely down and out. Like we have to understand the implications of these things on our people. And I think the one thing I appreciate that we're that's happening in this conversation now is we're starting to think through things more. So 
as we support these widespread, you know, bills or, or, or political actions, we have to understand really what that's going to do to our community, because our community is always undeniably going to be hurt 10 times worse than the next community. And that's just the facts. That's what stats say. And that's why we see mass incarceration in the way that it is in terms of us, because, you know, we supported something. And all of these people supported something without really realizing that based on the way things are and based on people's mindsets, this is probably going to negatively affect the black community more than it's going to negatively affect anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Blackish also decided to address this issue. Um, And this is what I love about art. And this is what I love about what like we were talking what Kendrick and Beyonce did um, with the Super Bowl and with the Grammys infusing and using your platform to highlight issues that affect the community right? and to get people talking and to get people thinking. And so when people talk about issues, we, we take in things. We're, we're more prone to listen to music and watch a show than we are to sit and watch the news. Right. Um, and I think I, I just celebrate them and salute them for tackling, you know, the issue that, hey, this is a real thing. And no matter if you're a privileged black person, in a sense, or, you you know, some would say there's privilege even within the black community, we're black in the black middle class or the black upper class. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. They have a, a certain uh, it still affects you. Exactly. Because your skin is with you. You're in All your skin everywhere. Yep. So no matter if you have money or you don't, you're you're the issue is that you're black exactly. and you're in America and exactly. this affects you. And you it needs to be a thing for you because at some point it's going to affect you. Exactly. And one of the things in watching the clip, because I didn't I gotta watch the whole episode. I, I was trying to watch it before I went to work this morning. I was like, I'm gonna be super late. Let me just wait till this afternoon. So once we get done recording here I got to do some packing, but I'm going to try to multitask. We'll see how that works out. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, as I watched the scene, that one scene, and when he describes the moment, he was like, you know, think about when President Obama got the nomination. We had so much hope. And she was like, think about that moment when he got out of the car. I got emotional. And I was so, I was like, you know, black is supposed to be funny. It's not even supposed to get me to a point where I get emotional. But I got emotional because I remember that moment. I remember feeling as he described it. It's like, that's what I feel. I remember thinking, I wonder if he's going to get out of the car. I remember my mom saying, I hope he doesn't get out of the car. I pray that he stays in the car. And so when he and the first lady stepped out of the car, I was on like pins and needles. Like, I just hope that this is successful. I hope you know that he makes it through. Honestly, for much of like the first couple years, public appearances for me outside in the open, I can the only thing I kept thinking is somebody's going to shoot him. Somebody's going to shoot him. Somebody's going to shoot him. And that that speaks to the reality of where we are, right? It, it speaks to the reality of the, the historical things that have happened to our community, the current things that have happened to our community, we're always on edge. So when we start doing these studies and we start talking about people that, you know, are constantly stressed or people that are constantly, you know, worrying about something 
like that, you think about we've just kind of become accustomed to that. For me, it was normal. I had a frat brother that actually posted uh, the, the very same thing. He was like, I thought I was the only person that felt that way about that moment. And I commented and then I'm just like, no, you weren't. And it's it's sad because I feel like that's something that we need to consider for a community of people, a moment that should be the most celebratory moment in history for us. Someone that is black and identifies as black and that looks black has stepped into the highest office in the land. This should be a moment of just free freedom and being happy and enjoying the moment and just, you know, really just cheering about our progress. But because of the way things are in our country and the way things have been in our country, we can't even completely enjoy that moment because we're fearful of what might happen. We're fearful of what could come out of it. Like I just, it, it's it's it, it speaks to it, sp- it spoke to something deeper to me, and it was something that I really like. That moment of just watching that's why I was like, I gotta watch the whole episode, and I feel like that's a discussion. I actually want to have that discussion here um, on brunch culture, talking about the idea of what you should share with uh, kids and when you should share certain things with kids, and if you should share certain things with kids. But we'll talk about that later. But that moment in the in the episode, if you haven't watched it, uh, we can. Tr- I'll see if we can post a clip on our social media. But if you haven't watched it, you should watch that. At least the clip. Can't speak for the whole episode, but that clip, that one moment when he explains to his wife the scene of them getting out of the car, and they actually go to showing that moment the scene of them walking down and it's just like i remember that man like that was a nerve-wracking moment for me something that i should have been happy and so happy about and just carefree and thinking you know anything is possible anything positive is possible in the world in this world because of history and because of the current state of where we are that's been snatched away from me because i have to still worry and think that is normal and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was so sh- shout out to the creators of Blackish, um, and shout out to Anthony Anderson and um Tracy Ellis Ross for doing the and the and the children for doing a phenomenal job yeah. each week to bring incredible content um to um to the world and just to break down stereotypes too. I think they do an excellent job in that show too, um, with that. Right. And they do it um, in a comical way. Um, mm-hmm. The only other thing, the the thing, uh, the Justice for Flint. You know about that? You heard about Justice for Flint? Um, you you were telling me it's the same night as the Oscars. Same night as the Oscars. Sunday, February twenty eighth at five thirty p.m. It'll be live streamed on Revolt TV. I believe that's that's Diddy's site, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably watch that because I wasn't planning to watch the Oscars. <laughs> I, you know, I told you I never really watch it because it's. It doesn't appeal to me, and it's yeah. not even about the Oscar so white. It's like, like we we talked about our high school friend or middle school friend that posted that he wasn't watching it anyway. Like yeah. that's how I felt. Like right. I wasn't. I can't boycott it because I don't watch it in the first. Watch in the first place. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives me something to watch during that time. Justice for Flint. So I'll check that out. Y'all check it out. Y'all support. Um, I I know, and I talked about it last week. How Diddy said he wants to really take action because he feels like he's been sitting on the sideline right. and not really using his influence. So I think this is one of those times where he's really um, trying to step up. And I know 
his company, his bottled water company is donating like a whole bunch of water to Flint. So shout out to all the celebrities that are putting Ava in work. DuVernay. Um, who, who else is? Uh, it's Ava DuVernay. I think it's like put on by Ava DuVernay. And uh, is it Ryan Cogler? He's the guy that did Cre- the Creed, the director of Creed. I think mm-hmm. those two are putting it together. And I just, they were, I think the idea came from that they have so many, Janelle Monet is supposed to be a part of it. So, so many different artists that are part of it. Just, if you guys, even if you like go put it on your computer, put it on your phone, support this, contribute, you know, to the, uh, the, the, Funds that are raised in this time are going to go to Flint youth and it's going to go to helping the water crisis over in Flint, Michigan. So if you can, um, even if you can't make yourself do it, let's support this. If you can only get 50 cents, if you can only give a dollar, like I want this to be such a huge thing and not so much. I think is, you know, it's interesting that it falls on the night of the Oscars. But I think so. I think it gives, you know, people that don't normally watch the Oscars something to watch. Um, but I also think that it's just for such a great cause and, and and we need to do any and everything that we can to help those people. Because just thinking about how we use we use water every day. I'm drinking a bottle of water now. I go and wash my hands. I flush the toilet. I jump in the shower. Like imagine not being able to do that freely or just having to do that uh, using bottled waters or things like that. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just it, it's so much that goes into it that we can't even fathom. Let's support this. Let's make this thing a big deal. And if there's anything that we can do, um, maybe we can try to come up with something to further help it out with brunch culture. But yeah, y'all support that. I know I've just gone on and on and on. But yeah, let's support uh, Justice for Flint. Tweet about it. Use the hashtag. Tell people about it. Share the link. We'll put the link on our social media. And that is it for the scroll. We will be back for our main dish. Now we're back for our main dish. Our main dish. Boom, 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 main dish. Nah, that was lame. It was like I was about to do some like some booty popping music. That was lame. Okay, we're gonna move on. We'll be trying again next week. <laughs> we'll try again next week. I'll try to make this happen again. Never mind. So t- today we wanted to talk about something that I saw on my timeline and I was like, Randall, I think this would be a adult topic to talk about in our main dish today. It's six deceptive little habits that sabotage your life um six deceptive little habits that sabotage your life and Mm. i'm gonna read through the list uh the first one is worrying about things that you can't not change blaming some someone else for your results Mm. expecting perfection from others (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Telling yourself that you can't, jumping to conclusions, and procrastinating. <sighs> that last one gets me all the time. I feel like the last one, I feel like that's universal. I feel like everybody, no matter who you are, yeah, no matter who you are, 
at some moment or some time or on some thing or in some situation, you've procrastinated and you know what the results of that is. The, uh, the 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 gray area, though, is when people procrastinate all the time, they become it becomes like their normal routine. And they say, like, well, I do better when I procrastinate. <sighs> yeah, I don't know about that. I I feel like you can work better under pressure. That's the thing. Like some people work because, you know, you force your mind to kind of jumpstart. But when people say like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to plan to procrastinate because, you know, I'm going to do better. Well, no, you kind of ex- just accept less. Like that's just, mm-hmm. you know. I don't you can probably work faster, get it done more, have more of a push, but you probably just accept less. Anyway, the one thing that really sticks out for me um, of all of these, I feel like I have something for all of these that I can relate to. But the telling yourself you can um, that really is is something that I've really been and I've mentioned. I think I've probably mentioned this on the show before that this is something I've been sitting with and, and, and wrestling with and pondering on. Um, for a long time since we really started brunch culture and since we started brunch culture started we started it and we've been consistent and we've been producing it and we've been getting you know great listeners more people are following us people are listening to us um, we have dedicated listeners we have people that engage us that'll send text messages um, we've gotten accolades we got on iHeartRadio we got you know uh, posted on Spreaker and, and, and honored on there and just seeing those things and I'm just thinking like how you really just have to do it and you have to stop telling yourself you can. And I think for a lot of people, if you're like me, you don't necessarily tell yourself that you can't do it um, because you're not like, oh, I can't do this. But it's kind of that doubt. Right. And that fear of I don't know how this will turn out. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm capable of doing this. I don't know mm-hmm. how it would look to be successful. I want to do this. I want to try this, but I don't know what success in that looks like for me based on my beliefs in myself. And I think, you know, this kind of belief this or lack of belief in yourself, I I think that it for many of us and I know for myself, it kind of stems in. You know what you've been told that you're good at, right? Especially mm-hmm. for me growing up, I was told that I was good at, you know, a few things. And so those are the things that I'm kind of confident in. Uh, but other things that I, I wanted to be good at or I aspired to be good at, if I saw or met someone that did it better than I did, then I would stop doing it. I would shy away from it. I would become really insecure about it. And it's like I have a belief system that I, I have a belief in my mind that I'm incapable of doing something and that thing will literally sabotage you. You'll look, you'll wake up and you'll look at other people doing that very thing and you'll be like, well, I'm good at that or I think that I can do that. But the only difference is they probably weren't that good or they aren't that good, but they get out there and they do it and they have a belief in themselves and they just, you know, if they fall, they fall and they get back up and they just do it again, but they keep going and keep trying and, And I think that, like I said, it's not about it may not be for you. It may not be about you telling yourself that I can't do it, you know, actually saying it or actually thinking that because, you know, to to some degree, even for myself, that's a bit morbid. Like, I'm not going to tell me that I can't do it, but I'll walk around and carry this idea that somebody else is better at it. So they deserve to do it and not me. Somebody else was blessed with a talent. So they deserve to do it and not me. And one of the things, I mean, I've shared this with you, Lisa, off the record, but I love about you is that you just get out and you just do it. And I'm like, that's so amazing. Like, 
And when you like don't know or you messed up or you need to learn, you'd be like, oh, well, I didn't know it, but let's just make it happen. And that for me, it's just has been inspiring. And that's why it's even before this list, it caused me to look at myself in many areas, because like I said, there are things that I'm really, really confident in and things I'll do and do with ease. Like I don't doubt that I'm capable of doing it. I'm like, oh, I know that I'm good at this and I'll get out there and I'll make it happen. Um, Yeah, I can. I can make that happen. I'm comfortable with that. But then there are other things that I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I think I need some more practice. I told you when we started brunch culture, I wanted to do like a, a, a test episode. And yeah, I remember when we got in that first meeting at, yeah. at, uh, at the UNF and you were like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, okay, we're going to record it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, we going to record it? You was like, yeah, we're going to record it and post it. And I'm like, wait, we're not going to send it to like a group of our friends. I was thinking maybe 10 people getting their feedback, going to record another one, expanded to 20, getting another one, expanded to 50. You know, like I was I had this thing in my mind of we got to practice and I really wanted to go and take some. I was like, we got to take some vocal classes. We got to take some classes on figuring out how to edit things and, you know, how to record it. And it's so weird that you was just like, let's just make it happen. And we started off on an ipad and we've expanded to having our own studios and we know how to edit and we know how to create graphics and we know you know we know different things about media and how to do it and this all came from just believing and i'll even give you the credit and you believing that the time is now let's do it and i'm like uh okay (laughs) like i guess i I guess let's make it happen. And here we are. Brunch culture episode <laughs> 84. Like that's where we're at. Yeah. And I, I, I think one of the things that were, was on the list that I really start thinking about, especially I think last week, um, and earlier this week was, um, jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Um, I had a situation that occurred last week with a friend of mine that is kind of a new friend at developing. And I was kind of like frustrated with um, something that transpired. And um, I think I talked to you about it. I may have, I don't know. Um, And uh, I talked to one of my homegirls and um, she was like, Oh, well, you know, I had some interaction with that person before I think that's just how like they operate like I don't think it's like nothing against you personally Mm -hmm. and so that made me like go and I was like you know what instead of me just being a person where I'm gonna live in my head about what a person did because that's what my usually inclination is is to live in my head and to process it through past experiences that don't have anything to do with this present situation um, I'm going to just address them about it. And I, I called them and then talked to them and I was like, okay, you know, last week, this, this, and this happened. Like, was this your intention? And they were like, nah, like, l- let me explain to you how I work. Like right. I get in a zone and right. like, even on like Saturdays, it's, if this is going to happen, like I shut down and I go and zone out. And they were like, maybe that's not the best behavior, but it wasn't anything against you in that moment. It was just like, this is how I operate with every with everything. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, so that makes sense. 
And so from that, I was able to like, okay, reassess. Okay, this isn't a personal shot against me. This is just how they operate. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, man, I jumped to conclusions. And I was like, all the way in left field. And <laughs> it wasn't even that deep. Yeah. And we so can... I was like, no, go ahead. So I was like, you know, that's something as I'm looking at the list, I'm like, okay, I need to get better about like, if I see something, it makes me feel a certain type of way. If it's, Just address it then instead of going on this tangent in your mind. And now you got an offense with somebody that doesn't even have to do. They didn't even know, like they weren't even doing anything to you. Right, right. I think that's the dangers of living in your head. And that's why I try to advocate. And I feel like, like I said, this is. I think we all can listen to this list, and that's why it's so, such a good list, because it's, it's it's things that we do, and we do it without trying. You know, I'm quite sure you weren't thinking like, you know what, let me, I'm just going to sit here and think about this and formulate some feelings and some opinions because <laughs> they were wrong. Like, no, you know, you think every, we all think that we're rational people. We think that we... Uh, you know, we we do things. Hey, we're educated, we're experienced, we're world tra- we're world travel, we're ex- exposed to the world. So we try to self analyze ourselves. You know, self analyze the situation and fix it. And you can even in doing that sometimes live in your head. And I know even for myself, I realize living in my head. That's why I kind of have those people that I'm like, yo, let me run this by you, so you can tell me what you thought about this. Knowing me. And and not knowing the other person, but knowing me, how I act, how I operate, how I interact with you, you know, is was this me? Do you think I could do something differently? Like just kind of having that moment where you just kind of filter it out through somebody else so you can really check yourself. And even going back to that person and explaining to you how something felt. I had a situation with a friend of mine when I moved here um, and he I moved here. He was helping me. Came up, was helping me move. Supposed to be helping me unload the truck. We end up going out to get some drinks. We we're just kind of talking, and I, you know, expressed like, "Oh, you know, I'm here because I got this position, and I'm going to be doing this X, Y, and Z." And his response uh, to another one of our friends was, "That's not everybody does that. That's not that impressive." And, you know, and like it was like everybody has that type of position. Everybody has like that type of career. And I was kind of like, well, you know, dang. And so for a minute, I ain't even like after that, I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm just not I ain't, I ain't going to deal with it. Like it is what it is. You know, we good. It just kind of gave me like a, a kind of like a, a, a vibe to I'm going to back away from this situation because I feel like you trying to I don't even know where it's coming from. I don't understand. The only thing I can just think is that you've lived in the DMV for longer than I have. Clearly, I'm just here. Maybe you feel like I should be coming to you for advice or maybe you're uncomfortable with the situation that you're in. Whatever it is, I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with it. We end up having a conversation about it months and months later. I might even say a year later. We had talked before then, but we just never talked about that. And so I addressed it and he was like, man, like, I'm sorry, bro. Like I wasn't even in my mindset. I It wasn't. He's like, as you say it back to me, that does sound real messed up. Like, especially if a person is moving here and this is a career goal that they've, they've achieved. And it's something that, you know, I once wanted and we talked about this and we were kind of on the grind trying to get there together. And you've made this, you've hit this, this, this mark. That's for that to be the response for anybody. I see how you could feel that way. 
I assure you that's not what I was thinking. I was extremely proud of you. I shared it with multiple people that, hey, you know, here's what my homeboy is doing. And and just kind of that moment of me living in my head um, and not really fostering that moment for us to talk about it. So I think it's something that we can happen. I think one of the things that we what we have to do is try to find ways and develop a ways to to counter that and be mindful of it, be cognizant of it. Like, you know what? I know that for me, I know I'm going to sabotage myself because I I don't I don't think that I can. And naturally, certain things I don't when it's I don't just think, you know, I, like I said, I think I got I have some things that I'm good at and some things that I'm not so good at. But if I want to do that thing, if I want to explore that thing, if I want to figure that out, what I'll start to do is positive affirmations. I'm going to tell myself that I can. I'm going to believe that I can. I'm going to get around a group of people that do it and try to learn from them and position myself in a way to kind of be a sponge and soaking and all of that so that one day I can, you know, really be 100% confident, the fake it till you make it idea. I can be 100% confident in my ability to do this and know that not only do I think something that's really that's interesting hearing people say before that they're a podcaster and being like oh man that's so wonderful i i, I want to be a podcaster but i look at where i'm at and i don't have you know we're not as big as this podcast or i don't have as many followers as that and sometimes you can get really riled up into that and miss your success and be like yo i am also a podcast i produce a weekly podcast that has followers and listeners and we produce good content and people recognize that content and they've, you know, clapped for us or patted us on the back and said, whoop de doo Like, I don't care who you are. You like that. You want that. So being able to say, you know what? No longer do I want to be a podcaster. I am a podcaster. I yeah. do it. Yeah. I think that's good. And you know what? I think another thing about this list that probably uh, is one of like, my biggest hangups sometimes is worrying about things that I can't change. Um, yes. That will really drive you up a wall. <laughs> up the wall, <laughs> down the wall, across I the can wall. Get, <laughs> one of the things about me is I'm, I can get super stressed, but I internalize. Yeah. So I get really, really stressed. And so one of my friends called me this week and they were like, okay, I, I, you know, I know. Did they call me? They text me and was like, "Call them." So, I hate when people do that. By the way, yeah. they be like, "Text you, call," because they know that you don't really want to talk, right? And you're not gonna answer the phone, <laughs> so they try to configure so they can get around it. But anyway, so um, you know, I could get in my head, and when I get in my head and I worry about things that I can't change right. um, really this week business wise and entrepreneurship was like stressing me out. And so one of my friends was like, I think you just need to like let stuff out. Like I'm not, if anybody knows me, they know I'm not a crier. Yeah. Like I don't like to cry. And so, and I don't know where that came from. Maybe I need to sit and think about like why I don't like <laughs> The cry, or I don't like people to see me cry. I just, I like this. I like to have this stoic kind of thing that I have it. Maybe it's like a pride thing. Yeah. Um, just wanting to the appearance of kind of like I got my emotions under control. Right. And so, as a, the problem with that is you 
internalize stress and worry and you don't talk about it. Right. Um, And one of the things somebody told me a long time ago, somebody that was walking me through something is that because I know a lot of people that are going through things that I consider more drastic, mm-hmm. I dim- I diminish what I'm feeling because I'm like, well, if somebody ain't eating over here, like they don't right. have food, like it's kids in Ethiopia that, you know, got all of these things. Like I'm so blessed with different things. So why am I like, this isn't anything. And so you diminish that, but it doesn't mean that it makes it go away. Right. And so you have to own what's bothering you and say, no, this is a legitimate problem. And maybe the solution today is just spending the day crying to get it out and flush your system of that. And, um, so that's, that's one thing I'm learning. And it's, it's really, it's really real because as I said before, it's so easy to do, right? You, we like, I think all of these things and, and, that's why they call it deceptive little things because it's things that we just kind of do without thinking about it. And I think we have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that we do it and try to find ways around it, try to find workaround ways to do it, talk about it with our friends, you know, make it aware. Like I really want, I'm going to take this list and write this down and, you know, keep it literally on me so I can take some time to take a look at it and be like, yo, have I done this today? And when I'm about to make a decision, am I, you know, am I procrastinating? Am I when I'm thinking about an, a, a phone call I had or an argument or an interaction in general with somebody like am I jumping to some conclusions? What's what's that? And then one of the things in worrying about something, one of my homeboys said, and it literally changed my perception of everything. I think that's one of the moments that really helped me to be a lot more calm when it comes to me being hurt or me not wanting to pop off and go off on people was me realizing my homeboy was like, when you real think about a situation, if you can't change it, then you have to change your perspective. And it just like, it really like jacked me up because he was like, you're always fighting for things that you cannot change. You have to change your perspective. You're going to run yourself ragged or you're going to be in jail, under the jail or end up killed because you're trying to fight for and solve all these problems that is out of your control. That's not your battle. And when you are fighting a battle for the good of the people, that battle is going to be incremental. You are not going to win the war by yourself. You're going to be a part of a puzzle, just like you're going to pick up from where other people left off and keep running and keep fighting. And then somebody else is going to come behind you and push it further. So it's like, you know, you can't solve all these problems by yourself. You got to change your perspective on that. And when you change your perspective, there's so much freedom. You can look at stuff and be like, oh, wow, you think that way? I I can never change your I can never change your mind. I can't. I don't have that power. I'm not God. But what I can do is change my perspective of you, my perspective of my expectations of you. Like I can just really, you know, do some things and, and make some adjustments. So that that that's just it stood out to me. And I think that's one of the things with all of these things. Like, let's all take a moment to think about these. Think about, you know, ways in which we have sold ourselves short and and not pursued something or not done something because of you know we don't because of one of these things and something that we're telling ourselves and let's just get out man and do it like 
Don't sabotage your life. Make your life, live your life for you and make it the best life that you can. And if you have dreams, goals, desires, passions, what have you, stop these six things and really get some, put some work behind it and make it happen. Yeah, I agree. So y'all let us know on this list, what, what are the little habits that you have that you think are sabotaging your life? Um, hit us up on social media by hashtagging chat BC and we'll be back with our toast or roast. Look me in my face. I ain't got no words. I ain't got no words. I ain't got no worries. See them strumming keep me up. So I ain't got no words. I ain't got no words. I ain't got no worries. You see money right there. That's too cheap. Right there. Yeah, that's back. And now we're back for our toast or roast. Toast or roast. Uh, so, Lisa, you want to kick it off with toast or roast? Or I want to toast. Um, now, this toast is political. I'm going to toast the person that I've actually been pushing for this whole time, which is Marco Rubio. Because, Marco, at some point you got to win. Um, at some point you gotta win. I've never seen people so passionate about coming in second, third, or fourth, fifth. You know, he came in fifth one time, came in second twice, third, I think he came in third one. No, it hasn't even been that many, has it? Iowa, New Hampshire, um, South Carolina, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. yeah. And then Super Tuesday Texas and Super Tuesday. But um yeah, it's yeah, you saying like if it's just me and Trump, I win, and Trump has a ceiling and all this other stuff. Marco, you have yet to beat him, and it's not like you're running. He's he's uh thirty three and you're thirty two. No, he's he's a smooth twenty points ahead. Um, you know. Yeah. And uh, at some point, even the Republican commentators were like, "You got to start winning, Marco." And, um, yeah, you just got to win something. And I'm afraid, I know you're not going to win Texas. It looks like Cruz is going to get Texas because that's his home state polling, showing that he has strong support in Texas. Um, even though I think him and Trump are probably going to come neck and neck. But I think that's a delegate, uh, like South Carolina, whoever wins gets all the delegates in that. Um, but if you don't, if Marco doesn't take Florida and I don't, I mean, Trump might take Florida, um, yeah, you you just got to get out. And right. um, Ben ain't going to get out. Kasich ain't going to get out. Ben, nobody knows why Ben Carson is still in. He said he still got a chance. He I don't hope. know why. He's running, he's running on hope. We liked him until he became a presidential candidate. I loved him. Now I feel like his legacy in my mind is, is, is gone. It's tarnished. Like, he was the healing hands, and we everybody loved his healing hands. Whether and it now it's true or not. Like, and now it's just like all I know him as the very slow talking politician. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a bit rough. <laughs> that's that's my roast. Win something review. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> well, my roast this week, uh of course I had to I was I really wanted to toast, but I saw this video and it just frustrated me. And it's kinda one of those things of like yeah, so anyway, I'll just get into it. So there was a video that was released of Kevin Gates, and he's having a conversation with a uh, an interviewer, and he says that something to the effect of, like, when he saw 
Stacy Dash say what she said. He too believe all lives matter. You know, all lives matter, not black lives matter. All lives matter because all lives do matter. I, you know, I feel we all feel a certain way about that because your people when people are saying black lives matter, they're not saying no other lives matter. And if any fool that takes it out of that, you're blatantly doing it because you know that. Like again, when people say like you know, hey cancer survivors and we're going to run a we're going to run a race for cancer survivors we're not saying screw the diabetes uh uh people or we're not saying people that have aids and hiv we're not saying you know you're not discrediting anybody else you're championing one cause because it, it for you in this moment in this point of time for this month or what have you this society needs help and needs my support and that's what i'm supporting so anyway for people that don't get that anyway so he goes on to say that you know, he's made changes in his life and he realized that he had to change his attitude and law enforcement. The way that law enforcement treated him was different. He has been a victim of, you know, police treating him any type of way. But one thing he realizes that his attitude and him disrespecting police officers was basically what he feels caused it. And when he made those changes, everything changed for him. So out of the back, y'all know I'm watching this and I'm sick laying in the bed. I can't talk, so I can't go off. Um, I'm, you know, really, really weak. So I'm literally sitting here under a bunch of covers watching this. And I'm frustrated because, you know, he is somebody that has had for whatever he's had a a hood experience. He's had a troubled, you know, upbringing. He's been in trouble with the law. He's, you know, he is, he's, he's a rapper that appeals to a certain group of people that can identify with him. And so the thing that frustrated me is like, you'll have people that believe in you that, that, that follow you and hang on to your words that don't know more that haven't been exposed. And they believe that, you know what, all I have to do is change my attitude and they all police brutality will be the end. It's almost like you're like victim blaming. Like, yes, should you be respectful to anybody, no matter who they are? Absolutely. But if you're a teenager or if you're a child and you make a mistake, that should not result in your life being taken by somebody shooting you. There's no way there's no way in the entire world you can justify that. There's no way in the entire world that you can say that, oh, well, this person was to blame because they could have closed their mouth because we've seen time and time again that people have not had have not been popping off at the mouth. You've seen somebody run away and get shot. Are you going to say, oh, well, he should stay there. Then he wouldn't got shot. Well, you see somebody that stays there and get shot as well. Uh, there was just a video I watched last week of a guy who was apparently obviously like on some sort of medication or something like that. Or maybe it was even a drug. He was on the ground with his hands behind his back. He fell down to the ground. He went to pick himself up. They, the police officers told him to stay on the ground. You have people that are bystanders that are recording this on their cell phones. He lifts up this. Obviously, he doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have anything on him. He pushes himself up off the ground. Police like bullets start to go off and they kill him. Like what is so what is it that you want me to do? And for you to be somebody that's in a position that can really advocate for it, I get that you're trying to tell a full story. You're trying to basically say, hey, look, you know what? I want you to be responsible for your actions. And I get that. And I can I can 
I can take that. But what we see is even when people take responsibilities for their actions, even when people are doing exactly what they're being told to do, if this person, if this police officer, if this person of authority has a crook sense of reality, have a crook sense of how they should be treated or what respect looks like for them, they take they take matters into their own hands and they end someone's life. And that's what we're speaking out against. You can't tell me that it's somebody that is made a poor choice as a child, because if there was somebody that did not look like them, that made that same, that same poor choice, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this result. I thought it was, I found out I forgot where it was, but there's a lady that literally was, had a gun in her hand waving it at the police officer saying shoot me shoot me shoot me a older white lady they refused to shoot her she had a gun in her hand and so it's like you see that they see the humanity in her but in the same county in the same place with these same police officers if that were someone of color we know that wouldn't have been the case because they killed, they, they shot someone that didn't have a gun, right? And so I just, for me, it's just so frustrating. It's like, yo, I, I get what you're doing and I get that he tries to inspire people and he wants to inspire people. And I love, you know, the fact that he speaks in a way that some people can't relate to, but it's very relatable for a certain group of people, for people from, you know, from the hoods, like from my hood. Like I, I get, I love that people can be like, you know what? I respect Kevin Gates because he sounds like me or he he you know he's relatable to me he's somebody i can look on tv and be like you know what i can get with him that's good i support that but when you're basically telling people that the main issue to the problem is the fact that you know you are being disrespectful i just feel like bro you missing the mark and you're you're really what you're trying to do is not going to go over well because you really are missing the fact that not everybody has your same experience. You can have the most gutter, hard experience, even for myself and my upbringing and the challenges that I face. I always have to be mindful that, you know what? I can't look at somebody that is not me and say, well, I made it so you should be here or I did this so you should be here because unfortunately life doesn't teach us the same things. We don't have the same experiences. We don't, we can have, we can go through the same thing and come out and walking away with it completely different based on the house that we lived in, who our parents are, who our friendships are, what we think about ourselves. Like there's so many other things that come into it. So it's just, <sighs> it's just frustrated me because I'm like, dude, shut up, like shut up, snatch it. And the interviewer, she was trying to like, she was like, well, what about this? And what about this? And he was like, well, you know, I, I made a change for myself and this is how I got to where I am. Like, you know, I wasn't always, I used to sleep on my mama's couch and all this other stuff, but it's like, bruh, today when a police officer stops you, you, they, they, they know who you are today. And even if they don't know who you are today, the very fact that you can respond in such a manner shows them that you are a little bit more enlightened. So they, they, they probably are going to respond to you differently. But if you're telling me that, Hey, look, somebody that is young or somebody that makes a mistake without a gun, haven't threatened this person's life with a gun, they're going to kill them by way of gun. And that's okay. Cause they were disrespecting authority. That's BS, bro. Shut up. Get out of here. And I'm roasting you for that. <laughs> Ain't doing it. Well, that's our toaster roast. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so I know that was heavy, y'all, but I just I, I just had to get it. I was frustrated. I was like, you know what? I'm going to really try to toe something this week. I'm just going to let's let's keep it on the positive and up and up. And that's all this. You know what? This dude is. I just can't take it. I really can't take it. I, <laughs> I really am about to blow a fuse. I can't take this at all. But on a lighter note, we have this week's good vibe. We want to leave you guys with this good vibe. And make sure that, yeah, you know, I probably after that, I need some healing. This week's good vibe comes from, I guess, the Daily Dose. It says healing does not mean the damage never existed. It means that the damage no longer controls our lives. That, my friends, is extremely, extremely true. It's extremely powerful. Um Lisa and I talked before recording the show and it was, you know, evident that we both could use some healing. Um, And even, you know, as I'm recording the show and I'm talking about I'm thinking back to our conversation, the things and thinking about the things here, you know, healing. I think we we think that it means that you just kind of forgot and you threw something under the rug and you let it go. But it truly just means that, you know what, I'm no longer giving this the opportunity to control me. And so we all need to seek to to find healing. And I'm saying this, having been somebody that has one thing that's sitting at the forefront of my mind, it's like you need healing. And the pride in me says healing, forget healing. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> So y'all take that good vibe and think about ways in which you can be healed. Do you need healing? Um, yeah. And that's our good vibe for this week. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture on Twitter at brunch culture on Instagram at brunch underscore culture you can follow us on iHeartRadio by searching brunch culture you can subscribe on itunes by searching brunch culture check out i am pro you.com yes and as at, at, oh i'm getting hung up i'm like what i'm stuttering <laughs> <laughs> as always here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion <laughs>